Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Okay, episode 70 of the Talk and Power podcast. I'm Nick DiCembre here with co-host Simon Gonzo Travellini and Todd Brinkworth. How are we guys? Good mate, yourself? Yeah, good. Good, good. We're transmitting on 88.5 FM. Todd, you still got your license? Yes, I do. <laughs> Just check it. We're actually, we didn't get locked up by the Federal Police, to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's a story <laughs> did for you know, podcast. Well, no, but did you know it's illegal to film at a wharf? At a wharf? Yeah. We, we went, I didn't know that. We went I didn't know that. Why we would it be illegal? Wharf, though, Nick. Huh? We went at the wharf. We thought about it, but we, we didn't go there, remember? Todd. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we, we, were, we were filming. Like I don't know little... if there was some sort of, you know, sexual pass you were making no, at Nick then. It was a subtle hint, <laughs> but he didn't get it. We, we, we were, to be truthful, we, were, we filmed a little short segment with the Evo on the weekend, and we were... As a wharf, I won't say which one. Geraldton. <laughs> and we were told to move on. Not allowed to film at a wharf. What? Is that legit? I, I, I said the same thing to you. I said, <laughs> this is a legit. But you guys were adamant that we should probably move on. And so if that's the case, how do the animal activists get footage? It's illegal. They're not allowed to film at a wharf. So if an animal activist posts up some footage of sheep, mm-hmm. perhaps, yep. shouldn't they get arrested? That's correct. We were told we were not allowed to film at a wharf. Wow. Even though it was in Okay, so, so just wharfs, jetties are fine? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what about boat ramps? It, because anyway, the ATO. What about docks? <laughs> <laughs> we, we were told to move on in no uncertain terms, and we did. Yeah. We, we uh, complied with the... Um, what about dry docks? <laughs> it was interesting. It was Submarine a, pens. And we were on public property too. We weren't on So what about property. during the America's Cup? Well, I guess back in 1987, it was you. You're allowed to do that, but yeah. in 2019, let me assure you, you're not allowed to film at a wharf. How does West TV hmm. get away with showing footage world on water? <laughs> How's that possible? I don't know. So anyway, you know, you that's know, an interesting concept, isn't it? I've noticed that um, when you switch radio stations, not that I ever do, because I only listen to 88.5, where the valley comes alive. Um, it's it's quieter, eighty eight point five. I have to put the volume up mm. on on the TV now. If you switch over to West forty four, mm-hmm. it's louder. Oh, is it yeah. really? Oh, thank God for that. Because <laughs> they were having some struggles there, weren't they? That was very quiet. Yeah, before. I don't know. They're, they're they're scheduling like what it says. Like all of the weekend, it said the Lone Ranger was going to be on, and and I just waited and waited, and there and was it never no, came no. on. Mm. I was gutted. That Absolutely is that gutted. is terrible. Write a letter. Speaking of being gutted, speaking of being gutted, did any of you guys watch the grand final? What a, what an anticlimax that was. <laughs> I mean, they refer to GWS as the Ferrari of the AFL. I think they're more like a Williams, really, to be truthful. I didn't really watch it. Not really my thing. I think but that was an insult to Williams, to be honest. Um, how did two teams, though? Well, how does a team get to the grand final, gets to the peak of the season, hmm. and gets absolutely pants down like they did? Um, not quite pants down, but thumped. No, it's pretty close to pants down. Yeah, it was yeah, the it was third probably, lowest yeah. score in the history of the AFL. Yeah, yeah no, it was pretty ordinary. Pretty ordinary. Like, mm. How do you get that to that point? Like, uh, I think you Collingwood, beat Geelong. Yeah, 
I think Collingwood were very lucky, or sorry, very unlucky to lose the preliminary final. Uh, they had them on toast in the last quarter. They just couldn't convert. They only needed one more goal, but they weren't able to do it. So we 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 end up with this um, situation. I'm glad Richmond won, mm. uh, mainly because I had to listen to a week's worth of Eagles supporters telling me how it was going to be fantastic that GWS won before the Dockers won. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I, I mean, I don't share Fucking that. <laughs> no, I just, I, I hate. I, I don't follow the Dockers, and you know, I don't really follow football that much. But I hate the fact that in WA um, there tends to be this one or the other. They're both WA teams. Why can't yeah. football fans in WA follow both teams and support both teams? Why does it have to be this hatred? I never understand what the big deal is about the Derby where they'll go all in, injure half their, their uh, players, and then, you know, be left with a skeleton crew till, till they recover. They should have a bit of fun on that day, try to conserve their players, work together towards getting into the finals. And, and imagine an all-WA yeah. grand final. How yeah, great would that be? nice be? to have that one day for the WA Football Commission and for Waffle and for all junior districts that operate below the Waffle district teams. Before the AFL existed, the Waffle was just unbelievable. It was awesome. Mm. And many, many, many players in the VFL came from Western Australia. And when we used to have uh, a state of origin, mm. you know, WA was a, a powerhouse. Um We've lost all of that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Waffle Grand Final was just as lopsided. Yeah, that was. I a mean, South Fremantle copped an absolute hiding from Subi. My young one actually got to play at half time for Subi. Yeah, that's so correct. They actually lost. They lost to South Fremantle. Oh young wow! Boys. So oh, there you go. Hey, um, <laughs> but the West Perth won the. They run the resis, didn't they? The reserves, yeah. yes. 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 <laughs> We've got something to cheer about. <laughs> and, of course, if you want to hear more about football, you can listen to The Shed. Yeah, the Shed. Yes, correct, correct. Those They're guys the experts are, in football, not us. heaps more about than we do. <laughs> Shout out correct. to those guys. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of footy, the Brownlow. I mean, how can they make the Brownlow more exciting? Like, can we stop it? Yeah, no, I mean, seriously, is that interesting <laughs> TV to you guys? It's not to me. I... Nick DeCimbro, three votes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch it. Like, I... It's boring. My dad says to me, he goes, I don't know how you watch NASCAR. The cars are all the same. They're just going around in a circle. I said, I don't know how you watch the Brownlow. It's just a guy ridden out three. The only good bit about the Brownlow is to read carpet beforehand. It's in their dresses. That's it. (laughs) That's pretty sexist, dude. Come on, Todd. I have to cut that out now. Yeah. Seriously. Sorry. That's, uh, Come on. It's not acceptable. It's two weeks in a row for you. <laughs> I saved you from a ban last yeah, week. Yeah, that's I, right. He, no, isn't he up for a one-week suspension? No, I, chopped, I chopped it out. So, so I need him, we need him here, so chopped, it, chopped that one out. Hey, look, guys, just before we get moving on, I'm in love, guys. I really am. I'm in love, and I'll tell you a bit about it later. But S5000, I don't know if you guys oh, called it. Oh, really? Rocking it for me. I love watched it and fell asleep. Nah, nah. It nah, was so boring. I love the rims. I love the sound. Just the car balance probably doesn't seem right. We'll talk about that later anyway, but I, oh, I thought it was we're awesome. We're not going to agree on this one. S5000, here we come. Hey, anyway, look, we've had two Formula One races since our last podcast, and um, 
Oh, we, we had such a varying contrast of fortune for Ferrari. The week before, we had Singapore, and where they pulled off a massive one-two. And I would argue, in saying that, I think that was the win that Vettel certainly needed in terms of a confidence boost. Now, we all know that Vettel was pitted in a probably a better manner than what uh, Leclerc was. He came in and uh, got the benefit of the undercut. At the end of the day, I think Vettel really needed that win, and I, 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 I think Ferrari did that, did quite well out of that. Um, Alex Elbon, he keeps impressing me. This kid, he's amazing. Took over Pierre Gasly's spot at at, at a Red Bull, and has not failed to disappoint. He's still just chipping away at sixth, fifth places. He's kind of the best of the rest in you know, and and doing really well in in that in that Red Bull car. Um, Daniel Ricciardo, what did you guys think of this qualifying penalty? Like basically excluded from qualifying, full stop. They had an irregularity with the car, and his Q two and Q three times should have stood. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I just felt it was a bit disappointing. When can we go back to you know Webers and H shift? <laughs> he was running the lipo batteries, not the NICAD. <laughs> when that's the problem. We, that's why. <laughs> when can we go back to like points? Yeah, points distributors, petrol. <laughs> petrol. But anyway, we saw oh, an amazing... Oh, that's the IC part. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, IC is internal combustion. <laughs> combustion. Yeah, and that's yeah. just such a small part of the engine nowadays. But look, anyway, at the end of the day, uh, they moved on to Sochi in Russia. It was one week gap. It was a pretty, pretty tight turnaround. Uh, and we again, we saw Daniel, our man Daniel, just have a, a crap race, to be honest with you. He got caught up with uh, Antonio Giovinazzi and also Romain Grosjean in, uh, I think it was the first or second quarter of the, of, the, of the race, the first lap. Just three cars don't fit into that corner, unfortunately. But Giovinazzi should have really, in my opinion, backed out of it. Um, I don't know. I just think that um, common sense should have prevailed there and unfortunately wrecked three cars. Three, three, it wrecked all of their races. Yeah, but look, on, on a positive note, Mm. The engine will still be fine for next race. Yep. Yeah, yeah they've got... They've got <laughs> so you got won't a, get a five-year penalty. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of... So, look, what? speaking of engine penalties, um, so we saw Sebastian leading the race going pretty well. Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. I watched the, the race and, you know, I was really looking forward to seeing it unfold because the Ferraris just left on on the mercedes and mm. it looked like they were just going to pull away yeah um i know they were on softs to start with and the the uh, uh mercs were on the the mediums, mediums yeah but the pace on the hit was just unbelievable yeah it was like they had another hundred horsepower on the mercs mm. yeah uh but then you know vettel uh had to pull over yeah he was he he was told by his crew yeah. chief to yeah basically get out of it yeah um and the pace just didn't seem to be there after that with leclerc no i mean he probably that the hamilton that the virtual safety car that came out from sebastian uh parking up on the side of the road certainly it, hamilton's position on the track favored him so he was able to do a quicker stop than Leclerc was, so he got that third spot, and they never looked back to Mercedes. I love what Vettel said as he was getting out of the car. They had to beep. Yeah. 
bring back the beep V12s. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's um, certainly an issue. So it's an MGUK failure. So the kinetic energy uh, harvesting system failed, not able to charge a battery. The rest is history, unfortunately. But the interesting thing is the fight between, not the fight, but the perceived fight between Leclerc and Sebastian Vettel. Leclerc felt really hard done by the fact that he wasn't given... Um, that spot back so he towed sebastian down the straight at the start of the race and let sebastian through and he felt that he should have given that spot back sooner rather than later and, and sebastian wasn't having a bar of it it unfolded a bit too much to my, for my liking on the radio i felt we don't need to hear that the fans don't need to hear that it's not a good look for ferrari it wasn't very professional in my in my opinion uh, if i missed this they're not racing anymore no, 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 they're still <laughs> racing, but you know, I think their, their relationship is certainly strained. No, but, but, but the fact that, what is Leclerc saying, that he just pulled over and let Vettel pass? He towed him down the straight yeah, so right. he, could, he could get him out of Hamilton's... I didn't Hamilton's. see any rope or anything. <laughs> Did I miss that? I... It, 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 it certainly, he certainly punched a hole in the air for, for uh, Sebastian to get around. What did he want Vettel to do in return? <laughs> I think he was expecting that spot back, but it was too soon in the race. Yeah. You've got to disguise those things to a certain extent. You can't just make it really obvious and give the spot back. Oh, so he like wanted him to pull over. Yeah. And but Sebastian... Is there, is there an overtaking lane somewhere on that track? <laughs> yeah, <there's laughs> No, or an emergency no. stop in emergency the stop. Yeah. There was definitely an emergency stop. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So, look, anyway, it, it was really interesting. And we saw the the Hondas of the Toro Rosso and the Red Bulls all started from the back of the grid. They copped a whole lot of grid penalties in this race. They basically bite in the bullet because the next race in two weeks is in Japan and they want number one showing for Honda. Yeah, yeah. I know. And you know what uh, was impressive, too, at the start of this race? Uh, the, the McLarens. Mm. They have come along in fits yeah. and bounds. Of now, isn't it ironic that after that race where, you know, their power plants look like they're, they're a happening thing, mm. that they've announced that for 2021 they're going to Mercedes back power. Back to Mercedes, yeah, back back to the old days for McLaren. So it is very interesting that they're but making They're that winningest, I, I could be wrong, but I thought that McLaren's winningest time was when they were running Honda power during the turbo era. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So, Definitely. but their relationship with Honda—they had a relationship with Honda two years ago, and they just couldn't—they couldn't—they couldn't talk to each other. Really? Did, <laughs> did they get counselling? I'm not sure if it was a Zach Brown thing. I shouldn't say that because I don't know. But between Honda and McLaren, they could not talk. McLaren were reluctant to make changes to the chassis that Honda were asking them to do, and Honda were reluctant to make changes to the motor that McLaren were asking them to do. But the fact of the matter is that Honda are going much better in a Red Bull and a Toro Rosso, arguably. Well, it's hard, actually hard to argue at the moment because I would put them on par. McLaren in a, with a Renault would be on par with just probably a step down from the Red Bull with a Honda at the moment. But it's interesting. So uh, when they busted up, who got the kids? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> not Zach Brown. Not Zach Brown. But anyway, Born, that, Ross Braun got the kids. <laughs> Anyway, look, on that note, we'll take a short break here and we'll be back right after this. (laughs) 
Okay, episode 70 of the Talking Power podcast, where you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Podbean, and also on 88.5 FM, Saturday mornings from 8.30 to 10. Lots of content coming out on 88.5 FM at the moment, so if you're listening to us via a podcast, you can catch everything we do on 88.5 FM on a Saturday morning or listen to some of the other hosts as well there's lots of lots of stuff happening on 88.5 FM these days you know uh, since we turned our podcast into a radio show slash mm. podcast now now you know started to do the same thing have they really yeah yep yeah okay yeah they're just you know I mean I get I guess we should be flattered you know oh I'm honoured <laughs> <laughs> What are they talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Crap, no, they, usually. They, they put their content out as a podcast as well as what's No, no, they right. put their content out as a podcast initially. Yeah. Right? Oh, really? See, if you get involved mm. or you know, any of the arms, all those things, it's all about self-promotion. Yeah, okay. You could be ap- absolutely crap at your job, mm. but you get out there and you just keep flogging that dead horse. Yeah. And eventually that horse is going to get up. <laughs> and it's going to win you the Melbourne Cup. I'm telling you now. <laughs> so I think it's ironic that the guy that you know is the new music guy. He's the the guru that that says this is the new sound. Is older than us. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> this is on. I say I never. <clears throat> anyway. <clears throat> anyway, arrogant. Getting back to MotoGP, it was Mark Marquez's 200 start, mm. and so it's a sh- you know he's for a young guy he's cocked up a few races, hasn't he? Really, yeah, 200, yeah, yeah. 200 race start. Anyway, yeah, so it was Mark Marquez's Mark Marquez's 200 uh, Grand Prix start. 26 years old. There you go. So he's still a young tacker, and he's got a lot of years ahead of him. Um, now this is his track. Yep. So you know there was no doubt in anyone's mind that he was going to win it. Mm, yep. Um, he would have had to have fallen off mm. to, to not to lose won. this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it was a hell of a ride from Dutioso, mm, yeah. considering where he started. Um, and started I th- in twelfth, yeah. in twelfth position. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think that that was spurred on by Aussie Jack Miller. Yeah. Because um, in the uh, post qualifying interview, um, he made a point of saying that the, he likes sticking it to the uh, factory teams and finishing in front of the the factory teams. So, I think. Dovey thought, I'll show you how to stick it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We're still the... Questo Australia. Metal qui. You have to watch the video to understand what that meant. <laughs> and you, that would make perfectly good sense. Or if you're Italian, you'd know exactly what we meant. But a bit of undiamo, undiamo. <laughs> but it's interesting that um, yeah, Marquez was able to hold that lead, really, for the whole race. He kind of dictated that four-second lead that he ended up winning with for the whole race. It was he did, but, his old. but I mean, you, you know, you, no one can argue that that bike is not the fastest bike mm. on the track. Yep. Um, you know, so it is what it is. I'm sure that the teams are going to uh, keep chipping away. We'll see what the rest of the season mm-hmm. unfolds. Yeah. Yamaha's uh, really, I mean, you know, it was a great showing by uh, Vinales to finish fourth. Mm. And for a long time there, it looked like he was going to end up in uh, second or third position. Yeah. Um, so th- there's some improvement, but there's still you know, the underdogs in terms of the manufacturer as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, you've got KTM and so on, but um, with the the big boys, 
Yamaha after the dominance that they had for so many years, uh, you know, they're really sort of falling behind. Mm. But the great thing is we've had so many different winners across this season. You can't, you won't see that in Formula One. No. You you won't see that in in supercars. uh, It is a fantastic thing. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think we've been talking about this all year and in our previous years as well. There's no doubt about it. I think the mix-up of we're just people watching the video will probably think what the hell they'd look. But we're pointing to a screen here. And yeah. You can see the mix-up of manufacturers there. We've got Honda, Ducati, Ducati, Yamaha, Yamaha, Honda, Aprilia, Yamaha, Suzuki, Honda, Aprilia, Ducati. Whereas in Formula 1, we're getting Mercedes, Mercedes, Ferrari, Ferrari, um, Red Bull, Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> McLaren, McLaren, <laughs> and and so on and so forth. That's the the best, of, and it's like that week after week, yeah. with the exception of the and last it, and the supercars. It's forward, 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 yep. forward. Mustang, Mustang, Mustang. <laughs> we'll get to that a bit later. Actually, we'll get to that a bit later. But no, look, I mean, interesting. In, in most sports these days, we don't have figureheads of the sport speaking very candidly. We're all very politically correct and very measured in what we say. It was interesting to hear from KTM boss, uh, forgive me if I say his name wrong, Pitt Vieira, regarding Johan Zarco. Um, really, basically, I mean, what he said was technically correct, but we don't normally see that from uh, the guy still riding there. You know, he's still got a year to, we still got the rest of the year to, to ride there. And I don't think things are very going along very nicely there at all. Uh, we heard him say, it's a sad moment for us to give up on a project, which was to have Johan and Paul, uh, Paul Aspargaro, uh, lift our MotoGP project to another level. Um, we're struggling from the first day when Zarco threw a leg over our bike at Valencia in November of 2018. It was a surprise that it was immediately difficult for him to reach the level of pole. From that first moment, Johan started crashing when he started pushing. So finally, it, Zarko KTM split, was a release for everyone. Johan couldn't control his emotions. He put so much stress on himself when things aren't going easy. And that's what he was always looking for, that easy riding feeling. And when it wasn't there, he went aggressive on the bike. You don't normally hear that sort of candidacy from from a team boss, do you? No. You can't really hide it on a motorcycle, can <laughs> No, I don't think you can. But if the split is to be of a professional nature, you say, look, we've gone our own ways and, and that be it. But I've, this was this came out this week of the, the Aragon race. So I thought it was interesting, worth, worthy mentioning anyway. I uh, look. It, it's a big ask for a team like KDM to dive into where they are. You really need to steal some engineers, top-level engineers, to get that technology yeah. uh, as quickly as you know. And then you still got everything else surrounding it—the power plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on race day, you got to have the bike set up. Yeah. So if you poach someone like Rossi, back when Yamaha did it, um, that's what they they got. They got the setup. And he developed that bike. Unfortunately, he also ended up developing other riders along the way mm. because they got they got the, the bike that Rossi set up. Uh, I don't think Zarco is ready to do that. I don't, no. you know. Uh, and I think that the game's changed a bit now. Certainly has, yeah. You certainly know. has. You look at the, the Honda team, that uh, Mark Marquez's team. That is the super team. Mm. Yeah. You know, you got Mick doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got all the engineers are involved with Mick Doohan, mm-hmm. Valentino Rossi, 
you know, uh, I think um, Casey Stoner uh, wrote for him at one stage. You'd have all this input of top, really, really top level people involved mm. um, in designing that bike and looking at the data. And the more people you have looking at the data, the more more significant changes and improvements you can make. Yeah. KTM, I guarantee you, will have big budgets, or huge budgets, because Red Bull would want them to win. It's like, you know, Ferrari and Italy, mm. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the same sort of thing. But um, it's a bit bit more difficult. And, yeah, I, I, I guess if they poached Marquez, but that's not going to happen. No. I'll, I'll tell you what's going to happen. This is Nostradamus' prediction. Uh, Marquez's brother will be riding the second bike for Honda next season. Yeah, okay. Oh, all right. That's what's going to happen. See if he... So he, Lorenzo's without a ride next year. He, he will probably retire. I'd say, or go to maybe super bikes, mm. something like that. I, I can't see he's burnt too many people in MotoGP has, now. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's just gone on too long, and any unfinished business that he's got. I mean, came second last on on that that race. Oh, it was embarrassing. Second last. Not good, is it? Embarrassing. Anyway, we head to Thailand for the next race, and that's always a massive crowd they get there. It's quite incredible, the crowd they get there, Thailand. So, hey, Todd, look, while we're here, why don't you give us a quick update on the Evo, where we're at with it and what we're doing. Well, sorry, more to the point what you're doing. Yeah, all right. Um, well, yeah, we went out a couple weeks ago, mm. did a bit of filming, did some photos, um, had a bit of fun, still have some more to do. Got multiple ideas what we're going to do with the footage. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty good. So, thank you, Nick, and a colleague of mine, uh, Turkish, who's, I know is listening. Yep. Um, basically, in the interim, since you've seen it last, I've gone off and got a Haltech installed. Okay. Yep. Um, and tuned. Um, still running uh, factory exhaust for now. Um, but the difference in that car is phenomenal. Um yeah, I really have to say that aftermarket ECUs uh, have come a long, long way. Mm. You know, you know when um, when you went to pay the rego on the car. Yeah. Did you have to show them your driver's license as ID? Yes. Did you consider that may have been the last time that you saw your license? <laughs> <laughs> no, because this is essentially track car so i'm not going to be silly on the streets it's getting built to take down the track and stuff like that as much as i want to be silly i'm not going to be because i i I thought when you rocked up must have been a different car (laughs) (laughs) no i rode my bike here remember save the environment that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that bike that looks like Mitsubishi. yeah yeah so um no so that's a bit of an update um (laughs) <laughs> it was definitely something on two wheels. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving along. So, yeah, so that's um, stage one. Exhaust goes in in a week or so. Yep. And the first round of the Targart Sprint Series is in... I think it was November sometime. In I November. Saw that today, yeah. So that will be its first outing. Oh, okay. Um, yep. Still yet to um, confirm a co-driver. Mm-hmm. But I'll be there, and I have a plan B for a co-driver if no one else wants to jump in the seat. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, the actual idea as well is to not do too much to the car. Is just get it down there, get a feel for it, and see what it can do. But I'm happy. Like no, it's, it's good to see. Um, it should be beautiful. And car. everyone that has seen it has actually 
almost a bit of shock. They can't believe that it's such good condition. Mm. It is an excellent mm. 1998 car. It is. Yeah. It is. And I must admit, even I was expecting not a complete dog. Um, I guess I got off a good friend of mine, and again, I know he listens, but I didn't expect it to be as clean as it was. And it, besides a couple of little creaks from a 20 year old car. You need to make sure you get plenty of photos because after you start racing it... I know, I know. Um, otherwise, yeah, I said, so that's, that's where it's We're not going to look like they're full on. Yeah. And even after that paddle, that puddle splash you did, it <laughs> certainly looked a bit filthy after that and killed that camera of mine. That's all right. It's back. I can see it filming yeah, us now. Yeah, it's all right over there. I gave it a, gave it a hair dry. Yeah. With a blower back. <laughs> well, you've got no other use for it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, thank you, Simon. Uh, we'll take a short break and we'll be back right after this. Okay, episode 70 of the Talking Power podcast. I'm here with Simon Gonzo Travellini and Todd Brinkworth, and I am Nick DeCembri. Hey, um, 400 Thunder news. We've got a bit of 400 Thunder news. Um, Sydney sider Daryl Stevens has landed not one, but two brand new Ford Mustangs for 2020 for a pro stock assault. Uh, the second one will be piloted by Tony Polito. Uh, and they will run under the Royal Proprietary Limited uh, backing. So it's great to see a um, couple of new pro stock cars land in the country. I don't Nick, know if you've seen a photo of them. I've got to tell you, Nick, I'm really excited. I'm really, uh, Joe, Joe Polito, Tony's dad, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a big fan of him. Uh, met him, met him many, 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 many years ago, over 20 years ago. Yeah. Top bloke, yeah. top bloke. Um, so, uh, you know, let's see. <laughs> I'm looking forward, Polito in a Ford. This yeah, is, uh, yeah, it's like the old days, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is. But what the one thing that, that kind of surprised me, only four rounds of pro stock for 400 Thunder. So it would have been nice to just have one more. I reckon one more, would, would have, a five-round uh, sort of calendar for them would have been great. But anyway, not to be, four rounds. Uh, there's only six rounds in the 400 Thunder, but anyway. The, um, the Motorplex was trying to get them over here. I'm trying to get a pro stock around here, but I don't know what eventuated. Hey, uh, look, moving along, Nostalgia Drags were run and done on the weekend. Now, I, I've never had a chance to get to the Nostalgia Drags, but I, I did enter last year and I got cancelled on me. So, and um, and not, not to race, by the way. I was just going to have a little stand there. And then the rescheduled date I wasn't able to make, and I wasn't able to make it on Sunday either. But, um, look, great, some, comment, uh, some familiar names here in mm. the winner. Uh, in top gas, uh, Marty Mirko in his Camaro took the win against Mick Fenton. Those guys race together a lot. Those yep. two, yep. they always seem to come against, come up against each the other. The cream always rises to the top. Yeah, yeah. and they pit right next to each other. Those guys, so you know that that's great for them. Uh, Nicholas Rowe taking out middle eliminator against Brett. You need to print this larger for me, Nick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Al- Alanda. Alanda. Yeah. Yeah, uh, in Hot Rod, Steve McGuinness against John Muscat. Great to see Steve have a win there. Yes. And in US Muscle, friend of the podcast, Boris Viskovich, he actually took a lose against uh, Brenton Moran. Um, that was in... Moran. Oh, yeah, Moran, Moran. sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Brenton Moran. Uh, Boris took the lose there, unfortunately, but a great guy, Boris. We like Boris. Uh, Commonly known as Street Machine Photographer, 
Boris. You know him quite well, don't you? I have met him a few times around the traps. Mm, so, lovely yeah. guy. Lovely so. guy. Now, that yeah. Lindsay Biddle took out a uh, street machine. Is that any relation to uh, Chris? Chris I Biddle? I don't know. I don't know. Against Vanessa Gunaway. Gunaway, yeah. Yep. 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 And in Oz Muscle, it was Ronald Pope against Jaden uh, Ripravic. So, well done to those guys. Few, it's a great, great event, Nostalgia. A few guys down there licensing as well. Yeah. It was Angelo licensing as well, testing. He, he possibly was. Yeah, I think he was, yeah. Uh, I know that uh, uh, Puntland had the, um, the mm-hmm. three-seaters down there yep. doing a few laps. Yep. And uh, Nick uh, Panner. Okay. He's oh, got yeah. his new altered out. Okay, yeah. he's, he's no longer in the Monte Carlo? No, the Monte Carlo has left the building. Okay. Well, or the building. It, it is the building. <laughs> <laughs> it was the building. <laughs> it was arguably the heaviest and largest kind super sedan. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a, it was a big car. It was certainly a big car. So, look, I mean, yeah, the Nostalgia Drags, We should. that's run by the Cranksters... Hot Rod Club, yeah, there was, they're the promoter. Of the they, they were uh, well-fielded at this event, I yeah, believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always a good good event. And like I said, I should try and get there for for a meet or two in the... Well, sorry, should try and get to the Nostalgia Drags only once a year. But yeah, anyway, it wasn't, wasn't to be this year. Hey, um, also, No Mercy 10, we're, we're up to 55 cars. That's next weekend for Radio versus the World. So... Now, how, how many... How many get to qualify? They only take the top 32. The top 32, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So 55 cars in a 32-car field. Top. What do you reckon the cut's going to be? Uh, it'll <laughs> definitely be three, I'm saying 80. 380? Mm, yeah. Yeah, eight zero. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say 380. But, yeah. There's some big names in there. I haven't printed them out, but I, you know, obviously Stevie Fast. Uh, there's some huge any, names. Any Australians? Is Wagstaff heading back no, over? No, I, I don't believe no. so. No, no, I don't believe any Aussies, and I don't believe Jet's going either, unfortunately. No. So it would have been nice to see those guys over there, and I don't know if Harry was hanging around for it either. You'd probably know better than me. But I, he, he wouldn't run in Radio versus the World in any event, but I wasn't sure if he was hanging on. Yeah, I, I've been busy. I haven't had a chance to call him mm, to yeah. get an update. And I, I don't know, was he running Drag Challenge? He's running Drag Challenge, yeah. A challenge? I didn't see his name. We'll talk about Drag Challenge in a minute. Didn't see his name there, oh, to be okay. honest. No. Okay. No, I went through the entry list and his name was not on there. And <laughs> I didn't see Frank Marchese on that list either, to be honest. Oh, really? No, no which is a bit of a blow. For, yeah, well, we'll talk about Drag Challenge shortly. Um also, lead up to the Bathurst 1000, a couple of news stories here. Team Kiwi have abandoned their bid to compete at the 2019 Bathurst 1000. Uh, David John has confirmed that uh, there was an ambitious plan getting the car together and they're just not going to have enough time to put the car together, and so they have pulled out. So, are they a regular... No, they're not. Nah. So, how does that work? You're, you're allowed wildcard entry into Bathurst. So really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a number of... So, Kostecki brothers, though, another wildcard we are talking about earlier on in the year. Yeah. So there'll yep. be a wild. So there's a number of wild card entries that are allowed entry. Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think. Well, if you look at it, the numbers need to be bolstered for the Bathurst 1000. So you yeah. need to run, yeah, because 
there's only about half of them that actually finish the race. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> yeah. and I think just from a, uh, an aesthetics point of view, we need to have more cars on the starting grid just to, to just to just to start with. Really, sounds like top fuel back in the nineties. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they they, they were going to be a wild card entry, so they're not. They won't be running. Um, yesterday, Monday, a public holiday here, but over in the east, it wasn't. It was another track test day, and we had. Um, Alex Premer run off the track in McLaughlin's uh, Shell V-powered Mustang. That wasn't really the point that I was trying to make here when I put it in the notes. Also, Team DJR Penske were testing a third car, which is the new spec engine for 2021, where we're... Oh, sorry, 2020. My apologies for 2020, where they're taking power out of the motors and they're using the throttle by wire and also the cheaper rocker assembly um, they were testing. Steve Johnson was actually testing the third car as well, so it was interesting to see how they cheaper went with rocker assembly. Now, yeah, this is the thing that Nick and I discussed briefly yesterday. Mm. They're trying to make supercars a little bit cheaper. <laughs> You're probably going to get to this in a minute, but I'm just jumping ahead. No, no, we're getting into it now. Um, so hang on, yeah. the, the the roller rockers they've gone to cheaper roller rockers. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's correct. What was the yep. price? I can't remember. Was it fifteen or fifty thousand? They were saving on the motor. Now, the first person to come out and whinge about it was Jamie Wincup. Okay. Only said Wincup, but Wincup. Wincup. Um, reckons that it's going to demote from the sport because it's going to make them slower. The roller rockers are. <laughs> no, I, think, I don't think it's going to make. I don't think the they, they do believe there'll be a reduction in horsepower slightly, but. The, do the you guys know how they they do this stuff? They've got this... This is one of the things that frustrates <laughs> me about supercars, right? So, you know, this is meant to be the top end of the sport in Australia. And they've got this box. Mm. They've got this box and you have to uh, reach the horsepower before a certain RPM and it's not allowed to be any more than this much. And you've got to reach the torque before a certain... Like, there's a, there's a particular RPM for the torque and the horsepower. So you have to manipulate your engine your intake runner length and port size and valve size and so on so that you fit inside this box right um this isn't going to change anything this no i don't uh, think it was <laughs> cheaper roller rockers yeah. <laughs> i think it's the rocker assembly but in but i, I still don't understand i, I don't understand why well, we're they're doing pushrod that. engines yeah. right but if we wanted a cheaper if we wanted inverted commas a cheaper motor why aren't we looking at a generic crate motor and put an LS with a cam in it. Yeah, everyone runs LS with a cam. If that's what we LS three with a VCM seven. <laughs> but if that's what the goal is, why, why aren't we and doing an OTR? That? And an OTR. Well, they already got the OTR. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? Why aren't we it's using a great motor? <laughs> it's an ATR. It goes around the radio <laughs> and around the racetrack. There you go. <laughs> What a joke. What anyway. Formula One. Formula One's trying to bring down their costs as well. <laughs> anyway, They're going to ban titanium <coughs> wheel nuts. <laughs> Everyone's got to use steel wheel nuts now. Carbon fibre wheel nuts. 
And Simona Di Silvestro has confirmed this year she'll be a uh, Formula E test driver for the Porsche team. So that's great news for her, but that doesn't mean she'll, she'll still be in V8 supercars next year. Uh, sorry, supercars next year, because she's able to dovetail the commitments in the Formula E team or test driving in with her calendar at the um, supercars as Is well. Is Scotty's so. Mustang all right? It was okay, yes. Yes, sorry, in answer to your question, yeah. yes, it was. Yeah, it was fine. Because yep. I hate for them to damage that car. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was I don't even damaged. know why anyone was allowed to drive it other <laughs> yeah. than Scotty McLaughlin. Well, Alex needs a bit of needs a bit of lap time under his feet, because so, he's, yeah, well, he's his team driver. Go get a Mustang from the dealership and learn <laughs> how to drive that first. You know the end first. of the season, what they're going to do with that Mustang, right? They're going to take it up to DJR's... Like, in the glass cabinet, yeah. I hope. <laughs> and I've been to DJ's workshop a few years ago now, before he got back in the big game, and he has the rock and a couple of old cars in his shop. I reckon they to put the Mustang in the shop, in a glass cabinet, with a guard, next to everything else. <laughs> Done. When he's finished racing, you mean? The Falcons, yeah. the Falcons there. No one's allowed to touch the Falcon. No, no. The championship winning Falcon of last year is not, not for anyone to touch. They pride their falcon right up here anyway. Yeah. Hey, before we finish up and go for a break, I just want to say one thing. Scotty McLaughlin, I haven't had it confirmed if he won or not, but kicked over 50 metres at the grand final in the celebrity 50-metre punch. Really? Yeah. 50 metres from a guy that's a V8 supercar driver. I think that's phenomenal. He's not very tall, is he? No, no. 50 metres. That's incredible. That, that is incredible. incredible. I'd take my hat off to that kid, mate. He's he not even Australian. No, he's, he's a Kiwi. <laughs> Kiwi. And he's turning up some Freo Dockers did, players. Did mate. I? Did I? <laughs> I couldn't help myself, could I? Oh. <laughs> See what I mean? See what I mean? <laughs> no, they play man sport, which is rugby over there. Oh, here rugby. we go. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Do we need to take a break here? Because on that note, I think we'll take a break right here. We'll be back right after this. Okay, episode 70 of the Talk and Power podcast. We were on 88.5 FM and podcasting through Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. Hey, since our last podcast, I am very happy to announce that Andra have completed their calendar and we have a full full calendar it's 11 round in all, all in all so wow three three rounds have already been run uh, round four will be at the perth motorplex for the golden states that's on the 9th of november uh, round five will be at adelaide international raceway the deco glaze glass splashbacks row memorial that's on the 23rd of november round six is at portland's south coast raceway the south coast nationals that's december 14 and 15. Round 7 will be at Portland again. Uh, that's the South Coast 660, January 11 to 12. Round 8 is at Melbourne's Calder Park Raceway. That's huge news. And I'll tell you why in a minute. February 1 and 2. Um, then round 9 is at the Perth Motorplex, the Western Nationals, February 29th to March 1. Todd, we're going to probably miss that again. We'll be at Race Wars. Uh, round 10, Mildura Sunset Strip, Twilight Nationals, March 13 and 14. And then round 11, Adelaide International Raceway Grand Final, uh, March 28th to 29th. Unfortunately, Perth does not get the Grand Final this year. Hey, um, is it is it warm in Albany that time of the year? It's not too bad, yeah. Is that much. hard to get accommodation? No, not no, not at all. No? Thinking of doing it? Oh, yeah, I might, might see if the, the wife go there with the kids. I'll book you a room tomorrow. 
Let me check with the wife. No, no, no. That doesn't won't cost you anything. It's all right. I'll book your room tomorrow. Let me check with the wife first. Me, I haven't organised anything yet. I I booked my room when I walked out of the joint last year. Oh well, yeah. I better make a phone call. He's actually a relation of my wife. So when I was walking out the door, I said. Put me down for next year, but make it a bigger room because the whole family's coming next year. Well, the- oh, your whole family. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're oh, all going to go. Excellent. So your wife's going to be there to babysit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll oh, be there. She'd love to babysit, eh? Well, we're taking two cars down. You know that. Are we? Yeah, we are. Anyway, we'll get to that later. Okay. Okay. All right. Jeez, thanks, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Donating about right, it. So there was a uh, couple of records broken. Yes, there yep, was. Yep. So double BMD. Uh, Rob McKay uh, won a four point eight. Um, and speed record is 141 mile an hour in his Nissan turbocharged dragster. Shane Baxter, double B slash double A uh, record, uh, f- 4.33. In his altered dragster, Rob Kassar, double A slash MB ET record, 4.595. In his Kawasaki ZX14. And Craig Giddies in the B slash D record, uh, 4.401 in Chev Power Dragster. So it was great. That was from the Mildura Sunset Strip Nationals, which was on the 23rd, uh, sorry, the 22nd and 23rd of September, which was the round three. So it was great to see those guys do so well there and set five records in total. Great yeah, news. It's awesome. Okay, moving along. Now, now we're going to talk about the Honda times two and a half. The Honda times two and a half. Yeah, the S5000. S- <laughs> Very good. S5000. I, I really enjoyed this. I, I um watched it on replay. I wasn't able to see it live, unfortunately. It was terrible. Why? Considering how many engineers are involved in designing those cars, they are rubbish. Yeah, so <laughs> were you surprised by the amount of lockups and... Um, Lack of traction? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's one thing that I must say that did kind of surprise me as well, the amount of... Um, front wheel lockups that they're having so that the, i don't know if the downforce or the balance of the car is not quite right yet um i don't know it's it's hard to t- say all the drivers are crap and considering ruben's barrakello was one of the drivers. oh i don't think that's <laughs> fair oh. i don't think that's fair come on no, that's what i'm saying that uh, the cars must be rubbish yeah okay all right look i mean um it was a win to james golding and um he's a supercar driver as well so it was great to see him win the debut he'll go down in the record books has been the inaugural S5000 winner. So, I mean, let's, let's, okay, okay, I, I get what you're saying. Let's, let's put that aside, the ill handling and, but the, the look of the car and the, you didn't like that? No, the sound? they sound horrible. They're terrible. They're terrible. It's going nowhere. That is a class that is going nowhere. Todd's looking it up. Yeah, that's how Did, did you watch it? No, I forgot. I, I didn't watch it. No. I've, I've been hearing about this throughout the whole TCR series. Mm. Right. They've had Sorry. them on display and they've been talking about the research and development and how they've got all these people involved and all these engineers and, you know, they've, they've shown snippets of the chassis and how they're doing all this fantastic autoclave work and they've bought the, the chassis, they're, they're indie chassis, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or a variant of, yeah. Yeah, yep. yep. And to me, it was just a big joke like, you could have had some Briggs & Stratton-powered lawnmower uh, go-karts out there, and it would have been just as exciting to watch. Okay, I'm kind of hoping that you can come back and revisit this in a couple of months' time, and you say, look, no. I was wrong, Nick. Was no, wrong. listen, S5, they got, they got some cool. big shoes to fill, because yeah. they're in the TCR series, and that race mm. is turning out to be killer. Yeah. Well, we said the same thing about TCR, I remember, though. 
Yeah, but the potential was always there with TCR because, you know, they kind of took something to work for the British Touring Car Championship. Yeah. And, and it was just a matter of the drivers, you know, like it's, it's a combination of the drivers and the stewards going, well, you know, let them go out there and actually race with each other. And that started to happen now, mm. you know. Um, there is some parity issues, I, I feel, with the TCR. Uh, but the S5000, there's no parity issues. All those cars are exactly the same. They're identical, right? yeah. And they look like rubbish. Yeah, but, you know what I mean? Really? Yeah. No, they the sound rims, terrible. Rims, you know, the rims, like the look, the feel. No. The what? It was. Uh, I, I'm surprised you don't like it. Because you know, have you watched the original 5000 Formula no, 5000? Have you watched many, any of that? Many moons ago, when I was a kid. Yes, but it's not, killer. Hey, I loved it. As a killer, kid, as a kid. absolutely and, yeah, killer. You didn't watch it, so don't don't, don't chime oh, in there. Yes, no, no, yeah. the original. Yeah, but he hasn't watched this. He doesn't know yet. He hasn't. He doesn't the the, the sound of Look, of the Formula 5000. The the, the the Photoshop they've done on Mount Panorama. Come on, that's. I could do better with a crayon. That, that, that typifies the whole series, I feel. It's a joke. I could do it better with a crayon. Formula Vs are more exciting to watch. Nick's giving us a dirty look. For those <laughs> listening at home, Nick's giving us a very dirty look. You, you, know, you, you know what guys, they should do? What they should do... half I'm going to call is They should can this series, right? And be very nice to cams and say, can we, can we promote your Formula Ford series? Yes. Hey, hey, I love Formula Ford. I love Formula Ford. This is not about... This is not about killing Formula Ford. No, but... This but, is about but, promoting... They've, they've G'd this up. Like, it's as close to Formula One as you're ever going to get. No, I don't... I don't, it's, I don't think it's rubbish. It's rubbish. I'd rather watch IndyCar. Or Champ Car. Champ, Champ Car. <laughs> That's good, too. Nothing. No one's, no one's saying that anything bad about IndyCar here. <laughs> but I can't understand what you didn't... I, I mean, the only thing that was disappointing for me, without repeating myself... Was the amount of the the, the front? The, there seemed to be a perceived the lack, lack of, of handling. Grip. Yeah, there was a perceived <laughs> the lack, lack of grip on the front, and the lockups at the front. I was quite surprised by the amount of times we have front brakes locking up. They need a brake bias adjuster. But, but but all that, and I'm sure they've got. I'm that. sure they've this, got this, it. Yeah. This will come in time. You got to nurture. They had Rubens Barrichello driving one of the I know, cars. We got Rubens Barrichello here, ex Formula One driver. And these guys are talking like it was some crap thing. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, you watch it. You 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 just you you judge the whole thing by the crayon drawing. You so called crayon drawing. They started from scratch with this, right? Yeah, they did. You think that they could have designed, you know, some cars that were fast? You know, before the race, did you hear them talking about how they're going like the lap record's going to be smashed into oblivion? I did, and I thought that was a bit ambitious. (laughs) I thought that was ambitious for a new category. But guys, it's like life. You've got to let it. You've got to let it grow. You got to let. You got to nurture it a bit. You got to. It's like a plant. You got to every feed it. every year. Every year. Yeah. At the start or at the end of the, the previous season, mm-hmm. right? They announce the new Formula One rules, and sometimes those cars have to be completely redesigned, mm. basically overnight. Yeah. Right. The engine combination, the whole lot. Right. And they come out at the beginning of the season, and. It's like nothing, you know, yeah. changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? They go out reset lap records with, with yeah. drivetrains that are supposed to have less power, cars that have got less downforce, less grip, 
they still come out and, and, and make it look easy. Mm. These guys have had how long to design these cars? There's, but there was a hold they up. Started in the, they started with were, a chassis. They, yeah. Someone else's chassis. There you go. There's a chassis. All you've got to do now is put a motor there, and gearbox. There in was there. a hold up in the chassis. That's why there's been a delay in this. There was this was supposed to start in July, and there was a delay in the the the, the, the delivery of chassis. What, are we on strike or what? No, no, no. There was a, there was an issue. I don't recall what it was, but there was an nah, issue. It's rubbish. No, I think you guys need to give <laughs> it a second chance. Nah, they need a union rep for the fabricating. You yeah, know. it's me by the sound of it. You, about, you know, I'm going to push this barrel. And you know boys. what? I'm glad. I'm glad that it was such a flop because oh, God, <laughs> the TCR guys, right, shouldn't be playing second fiddle to this. They, they weren't. They were, TCR was the the the, the headline act, and and, and and it should stay yeah, the headline act. But no one's saying that. You know, maybe you they mean? can fit blades to the bottom of these, <laughs> and when they go to places, you know, like Phillip Island, they give the grass a trim. <laughs> no one's saying that this should. This is not the second fiddle to to TCR. Well, they could fit thirty fives on them, but and it was put some awesome. jumps on the track. These could replace the Ute <laughs> <Yet> racing. <laughs> And I Todd, think, and you, I think, Todd, you, you're getting me wound up here. You need to you need to watch it before you say anything, because you, you're 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 basing your whole thing on a drawing that you saw on the iPad over there. Yeah, but you got you got millionaires tied up that have created a series from nothing, mm. right? The TCRs now these, okay, and and that's the best they could come up with in the marketing. It didn't look that bad. It didn't look that bad. <laughs> Doesn't look photoshopped at all, does it? No. Nah. No. All right. Okay. Look, we've got a couple of minutes here. What would you have done? What would you What would you like to see then? Is in terms of an open wheeler. You go. He's looking at you. He's still looking at me. You can go. No, I. I'm actually going to go back to the grassroots. There needs to be more support for Formula V, Formula Ford, mm. even the F. I think they call it F1000. Now, in WA alone... That is a, a killer class, too, that F1000. There that's is. Big. Unfortunately, I would be careful how I word this, because it is tied up, and there is it's very hard to get to F1000 in WA. It's very limited when they run, due to budgets. That is controlled... It's a great class. Yeah, so. but that is also controlled <clears throat> by another organisation outside of Wanneroo, so to speak. But Formula V and Formula Ford... Like, even the supercarts... Yeah. Can you know, you've got all these established categories which have got great racing and they're great cars and they're, and they're sorted out. It's just a matter of giving them a, a, a platform to, to you know, to, uh, I don't know, attract sponsorship to yeah. get, get more people into it, I guess. And uh, they've started from scratch with this, oh, we're going to, you know, bring back the heyday of the Australian Grand Prix. And nah, no, nah, no, nah, sorry, you, yeah, did, you so buried it deeper. My theory, if you're going to bring it back, bring them back. Bring those cars back. Bring those cars, like the Shannon Nostalgia yeah. Series. Shannon's Nostalgia Series, yeah. Make them a bit safer for the modern day. Like, don't go running around with bits pretty. of fiberglass and bits of tube frame metal hanging out the door, but, you know, or the chassis. But um, I also reckon... No, I think they were pop-riveted bits of tinfoil, actually. Yeah, well, Ford, Ford had another Look at program. Nick, he's, he's gutted. I he's am, gutted. gutted. Ford had believe. another program where they ran the EcoBoost 2.3 litres mm. in a Formula 4 chassis. And I think it took off in the UK, but never really took off oh, in the Oh, every year there's a new, like, Formula Renault, Formula whatever. But they were great, because that motor you could buy off the shelf. 
much like Formula V, etc. Yeah, but that, that's how this is meant to be. This is a coyote engine in these things, eh? Hmm. Yeah. But but you buy that off the shelf. Yeah, but it's uh, it's, a bit from a it's just not shelf motor. Why? No, no, no. It's a, just a Mustang motor. It's a part oh, number. Okay. You know what? These cars act a lot like a Mustang, like a road Mustang. <laughs> So if you're in the spectating area, just stand back. So this I, is going to make the this is going to make the video. This is when we're going to cut and this. You, and you know what? I, think I just don't understand what they were trying to achieve. I don't because it, it wasn't exciting to watch. It, there was no point during the race that I went, "Oh wow, that was." It was just. I must have watched something different. What, did you find it exciting? I did, yeah. But I, did you I, see any great just, overtaking manoeuvres? No, no, not particularly. But I, I was. <laughs> the only thing I'll say, without repeating myself, is I was a little bit surprised or disappointed, whatever you want to say, in the the, the, the balance of the car. I will say that that was a the bit, handling of it the was cars. their first race. Well, so Nick, first time. There's there's stuff called practice and qualifying. Yeah, I know, but we we what, and oh, we live in in 2019 where they log everything from the, the driver's heart rate to how many sips he has in his drink. You've got to give it a go. You've got to give it more of a go. Well, we got 44 days the next round. Wow. You, yeah. can, you can watch it, Todd, on yeah, no. replay. No, I'll watch <laughs> the replay. Feel free. Let me know. Call me tomorrow. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah. I was anyway, about, I was also we, we need to, to take a th- break. Thank God for the TCR series. <laughs> and we, we before we go to the break, break sorry, I'm about to on. say... Um, and next week there'll be two new co-hosts on the Talking Power podcast because we'll be on band. <laughs> no, you won't, you won't be. On band. Uh, so it's a balanced view here, Todd. <laughs> as long as it's Nick's view. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll take a break and we'll be back right after this. All right, episode 70 of the Talking Power podcast. We are transmitting on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and also on 88.5 FM, where the valley comes alive. Here with Simon Gonzo Travellini and Todd Brinkworth, and I'm Nick DeChembury. Hey, West Coast Nats was also running one last weekend. Um, I didn't get a chance to go. I don't know if you guys were able to go there or participate or... Ah, Flinty was in, though. Mm, yep. Um, yeah, they were really happy with the, the end result. Yeah, okay. Great. Yep. Great turnout and uh, great number of um, competitors, considering the, the late um, release of the date. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, he's a promoter, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah Flint yeah, is, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Chris Chris Orchard and mm, Peter Flint, right. they're the yeah. two promoters. Yeah, so no, that, uh, hats off to them. It looked like a great, great event. So, burnout comp winner in his HT uh, Hold On, aptly named uh, Ryan Pearson. Beautiful car, that one. Uh, he won the burnout comp. Um, and runner-up spot was Dwayne Palatine. Um, he was the runner-up in his... That's an absolutely beautiful Tirana, if you haven't seen it. It's a blonde and injected deal. Uh, pepper it. Red Tirana. I don't know if you got, have you seen it, Todd. It's an absolutely magnificent car. Yeah, really nuts. Really uh, nice-looking car, both of them, actually. So it was great to see those guys. Um, should try and get out there and next... next oh. Yeah, I know which car that is. We mm. fixed the converter. Yeah, well, they, had a, they had a crack in the converter yeah. two days before the event. So I don't know if you saw that car. Absolutely magnificent looking Tirana. Uh, I've, I've been told. I've been told. The guy's a really nice guy. Mm. Um, the engine was built on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And, and the way we got involved in it was the mechanic 
uh, contacted his trans builder and his trans builder on the east coast um, said yeah I know someone that'll do it and the trans builder uh, well the mechanic rang me and the trans builder was trying to ring me while the mechanic was ringing me and, and I said yeah, yeah rip it out we'll sort it out it wasn't uh, one of ours um, and yeah we fixed it up for him and uh, oh, awesome there you go yeah he, you know, he um, came runner up to get the motor out of the car. You, ba- oh, sorry, to get the transmission out of the car, you got to pull the motor out. Um, so you basically got to strip the whole car. The, the pipe work is very, very intricate, um, and he'd given up. So it, we'd all we, we'd organised. Yeah, yeah, we can do the job for you, no problems. You know, and um, he rang me up and said, "Nah, we've decided we're not going to bother." I was like, "All right, cool." No worries. So that was, I think, the Thursday. The Friday afternoon, he showed up with the converter. <laughs> so you had less than two days to fix it in real time. Yeah, yeah, no, no, way less, way less. And um, I said, you, you're going to have a crack. And, you know, like, uh, it, it, it was, I ended up having the ticket um, because we just couldn't, um, we couldn't seal the the crack, so you know, he was he was upset at the the company that had built the converter uh, originally. But I said to him, there must have just been a um, imperfection in the metal or something. Mm. It was weird. Um, so yeah, we we sealed it up, and uh, yeah, well that's because I didn't even know for sure if they were going to be able to get the car back together, let alone we um, back together, right? And came second. Yeah, so. that's great. That's great. Happy for them. Yeah, yeah. So that that secures them into a, a ticket to the Red Center Nat. So great to see those guys off to uh, off to there later in the year. Okay, Kinder Radial Riot was run and done as well, and now we have finally had the first first ever side by side three second pass in radial. That goes to Wade Wagstaff and Terry Singh uh, in their respective cars. So Wade Wagstaff, 57 Chev. Uh, Terry's car was got me on the hop here. I don't remember Ter- what it Terry, was. Terry, was, was he driving the Camaro? Or? No, I don't think so. I think he was. I think it was Kyle Hopf's car. Yeah, but Camaro. Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. Yeah, not. I didn't say Commodore. I said okay. Camaro. Sorry. Yep, you did say that. <laughs> and uh, that's <laughs> Kyle from Six Boost. <laughs> That, that builds everyone's exhaust manifolds, yeah. basically. His Camaro, which was set up by someone from the US. It was um, uh, Shane T came over to tune it, I believe. Yeah, okay. And someone who promotes radial events and races oh, was not driving um, it. Oh, geez, the Tyler Crosno? I think so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. At the last event, yep, and yep. the the timers malfunctioned, so they never actually got to see the full potential. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Wagstaff ran close to what he runs in the US, I believe, in the three mm. eighties. Yeah, three eighties, and Terry on the other lane was three ninety ninety six. And incredible. Terry mile an hour one hundred ninety nine point five eight over the eighth. That's mm. incredible. It is, yeah, incredible. So yeah. it shows you how good the track prep is at the Kenda mm-hmm. if Wagstaff can run close to what he runs in the US. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. You yeah. know? So hats off to those guys. It's a great great to see them doing really well over there. Um, 
this event was run by promoters Justin Simpson and Scott Harker. So I don't know if we're going to see more of these types of events, but look, I think they did a magnificent mm, job. Certainly, Looks like a certainly. big crowd. WA is Lorenzo Galotto, also made the trip over there. It was the last one, last race for his VL because he's, he's sold that. Uh, and they went a 460, which is incredible for that car. Yeah, that's, 460, 162.94. Now, now, that just shows you how good the track prep is over mm. there because... That would equate to, you know, roughly working out in my head, a 690. And I think that car's only ever been like a 723, yeah, somewhere so, around, there. around there. Yeah. So basically three-tenths quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and uh, you know, most of that in the eighth. Mm. So, you know, once again, I mean, if the track's there, you can run the numbers. Yeah. It'd, it'd be great to um, to see the guys at the Motorplex get uh, the, the Motorplex track up to that sort of standard where... Uh, the big big hitting cars can run the numbers, you mm. know. Now we've got uh, a couple more big hitting cars over here in WA of Eddie finishing off the yellow car. They mm-hmm. debuted at um, at Kenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this event, I believe. Yes, correct, correct. Unfortunately, they had a few dramas with both the cars. I believe that um, uh, Eddie was driving the yellow car and uh, he had Tony Mazzatelli driving his black car. Uh, but n- no big numbers as far as I know. Uh, showed some potential there. Definitely a very angry car. Uh, so, yeah, it should be good this season to see um, the radial racing over here. Mm. Um, I don't think that I'm going to be uh, participating in any events this season. Uh, work commitments and family commitments are a bit too much and I quite possibly may be driving... Uh, some other cars for some other people maybe in radial um, trim but certainly I, I can't see BA Baracus coming back out mm-hmm. um, you know maybe next season we'll just see how we go when the kids are a bit older yeah yeah, no, fair enough that's fair enough we also have to catch up with Lorenzo get him on the podcast one day and so he can fill us in with um, what, what he's up to his next project he has shown a photo of his new project but I won't disclose it here so congratulations to him. Hey, um, Drag Challenge is coming up on the 10th of November. Cannot wait for this. This is always huge. Um, this year again will be just in Victoria. So we're following, we are going from um, on the Monday, Calder Park. Then we head north, not we, but they will head north to Swan Hill. Then off to Mildura, then to Portland, then back to Calder Park. So cannot wait for this. Big, strong numbers again this year. Um, I just picked out a few people that I think would be worthy of watching out for. Outlaw Blowen, Bubba Medland, or Brendan Medland, but he's they call him Bubba, in his VH Twin Turbo Commodore. Uh, Brendan Sherry in his 87 Calais. Um, and uh, Mike Whitelaw in, sorry, Mark Whitelaw in his 71 Capri. Uh, that's a nitrous deal. Uh, in Radial Blowen, I think Mark Drew in his Tirana. Uh, and Adam Rogash in his VK Commodore. I think that's one to watch out for. Um, the classes, like last year, there's a couple of new ones, but like last year, Radial Blown, uh, Radial Aspirated, 235 Blown, 235 Aspirated, Outlaw Blown, Outlaw Aspirated, six cylinder, and dial your own handicap. And for those of you that are interested in the differences in those, they are, so in Outlaw Blown, any turbocharged, supercharged, or nitrous-assisted car running radials wider than a 275 or a slick of any size. No limits to blower size, turbo size, 
or how many stages of nitrous. In radial blowing, it's for any turbocharged, supercharged or nitrous assisted car running a 275 radial or narrower. Again, no limits to turbo, blower size or nitrous. 235 blown, same as radial blown except for a 235 tire. Six cylinder, open to any six cylinder running a 275 or smaller radial tire. And dial your own entrance must have to run quicker than 1199. Any questions? No. We'll take a break here and we'll be back right after this. Episode 70 of the Talking Power Podcast. We're coming to you on 88.5 FM where the valley comes alive and on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean and wherever you get your podcast from. All right. Well, we were talking about S5000, and I was shot down out of the sky about mm. that. So what did you guys reckon of the TCR? Was it good? Excellent. Yeah, and it's getting better. It mm. was. We, and look, Will Brown, hats off to Will Brown, Dave. I mean, he's he's won the championship still with a, still with a round to go. So in an I-30, which I must admit I was completely wrong about. You you were wrong about the I-30? Yeah. I don't know how much I-30 is still in that car. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, I, I gave the I thirty a pretty hard time the whole the whole season. You know, you need to understand that uh, the same blood flows through the Hyundai's as Todd's Evo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, I, I, I just, I don't know. It's easy target I thirty. You know, actually, you know, to be fair, also Hyundai are making a big push into motorsport again. Oh, they're kicking ass in the they, rally scene. And they also went and debuted. Um, I think it was three cars at the Nurburg twenty four hour. Wow. I didn't they still re- race at Nurburgring? Yeah. Um, I didn't realise until I watched the very very die telecast. Have they resurfaced it? No, no, it's still no, hitting this and all that. Anyway, they rocked up in I-30s and they did pretty well. And it was um, they yeah. also had a, essentially a class where it was you buy your own ride. But Can we fly over there and graffiti the track with talking power? <laughs> That'd be cool, eh? Sure. We do need to organise. We do need to organise a trip. But we need to talk about that later. Check. <laughs> I don't know where, but Albany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like we're off to Albany. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't big here on the Talking Power podcast. Huh? We ain't big here on the Talking Power podcast. We do, we do. Anyway, back to TCR. So it was a great win. He's wrapped up the championship, still round to go at the bend, I think. They're finishing up at the bend, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. So this was at the Sandown, and uh, Will Brown has wrapped it all up. And Peugeot will be entering at the bend. Yeah, Peugeot are coming into it as well. So look, I mean, they're they're getting the the names in there, aren't they? Mm. The manufacturers in there, which is what we'll just finish talking about three or four segments ago about MotoGP as well, where we're getting a variation of, of manufacturers in here, which is something clearly that supercars are lacking. Mm. So, so so they're going to have the TCR, mm-hmm. the S5000, mm-hmm. which I know what the S stands for now, <laughs> and, and there's another class coming into it. Is there, There's some nostalgia... Oh, sorry. Yeah, my apologies. TCM as well. So Touring Car Masters, yes. Touring Car Masters, yeah, yeah. which yep. is uh, the big banger style. That's correct. Yeah, so Mustang Sally and, and so Steve Johnson's Mustang. Um, those type of cars, XYs. Yeah. Um, so, so, so keeping that in mind, mm. why didn't they try and resurrect something like the original uh, Formula 5000 as, as Todd has 
alluded to. Well, I don't know. It's probably a question more pertinent to James Warburton and the team of ARG, Australian Racing Group. Hmm. Don't know. I don't know. I understand what you're saying. I get what you're saying. but It just seems kind of pointless starting this new, uh, you know, style of car. I mean, we've seen this happen before. Remember Oscar? Yeah, Oscar. Yeah, where are they now? So, um, Todd, you caught up with uh, Mitch Lana from his uh, endeavours in Ireland. Do you want to fill us in? You caught up over the phone? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, basically, uh, look, thanks to Mitch, firstly. He um, finished up uh, his event, and I messaged him out of the blue. Right out of the blue, but also messaged him, and he uh, sat down in the airport and wrote me a very detailed um, sort of travel blog, I guess you'd say, of his event in mm-hmm. Ireland, or event, sir. Yep. So, yeah, thanks, Mitch. I know you're having a listen. Um, adventures, I've, perhaps. Yeah, adventures. I did have to summarise it a lot. I did tell him I probably would. So uh, That's okay. But, yeah. I mean, in short, he uh, basically said it was... Um, he spent sort of the whole year waiting to get back over there. Yeah. And they, they had a car sitting over there. And uh, the opportunity came up through some uh, sponsors um, at the last minute to get over to Ireland again. Mm-hmm. He's actually had a bit of a... Um, Rough luck, I guess you'd say, that no real sponsors, no new sponsors come on board this year. So we yep. just kind of had to sit back and do a few local, <coughs> local events. And When I spoke to him last, he, he said he was struggling to... Yeah. And it wasn't from a lack of trying. It was just money's tight at the moment in Australia. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, um, yeah, look, he made a note here to say that the car had been parked up for almost 11 months. Do you know who the sponsors that did come on board in the end with? I do have um, a list here. Now, one of the big ones was um, a company called Empire Performance over in Myree. So, yeah, I'll get to that actually. Well, thanks to Paul, Paul and Dylan at Empire. So, yeah. Um, but he got over there. They um, decided to switch the car to E85. So, apparently it was running a bit hot last time. And... Um, in tuning the car for 85, they um, exploded a tail shaft and did a massive amount of damage to the floor, brake lines, all bits and pieces. You're kidding. I'm serious. They broke your tail shaft on dyno. That is like <coughs> my biggest fear. Yeah, um, look. I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, I, quite, yeah, yeah. Nick beat me to it. On Facebook, it was quite nasty. Mm. Um, I'm going to let Mitch tell more of the story when we have Mitch on in the future because it is quite interesting. Um, and scary and uh, they thought they were all over and done for but uh, as Mitch said he reached into the wallet and sort of amongst pulling out some moss and some lint went look we're all this way let's make it happen um, a lot of local families and local teams actually came on board and went what do you need what can we do let's get you back out there that's awesome so they threw this car together um, I wouldn't say threw it together because I know they're perfections Mitch and Mitch but they put the car back together, got it running again. They were happy with it. Like, yeah, really good. Unfortunately, he um, missed part of um, the practice because of this and then uh, went into qualifying and the car just wasn't cooperating. Like, it was on the power, it was making all the noise, but I just couldn't get it together. He came off the track in one part and meant a, a low score and a no score. So he essentially was out of qualifying, which meant he didn't proceed to the big 
the big game, and then he uh, he sat back and he thought to himself, well, look, we're all this way again. Everyone's telling him to stay for an event called uh, Tullyrone. Now, I might have that wrong, but yeah, Tullyrone, which apparently is just an end-of-event, end-of-wrap-up type of event for the Irish Drifters. But it gets big crowds. It's not actually publicised anywhere. It's not actually on Facebook. It's not on live stream, but it's just all the locals come out, have a ball, and they went, yep, we'll change Sounds our- like something Torrento would organise. <clears throat> <laughs> they uh, decided to stay. They changed their airfares and went, look, the car's together. We know we can do it. Let's go have a go. And Mitch has basically said he's glad he did because he um, did the top, th- you know, was in the top 32, got through qualifying top 32. And then um, basically found out top 16, so made it through the next bracket. He said driving it's many awesome Irish drifters and a lot of cars are actually underpowered and I don't know if I mentioned already Mitch's car is currently making 736 horsepower which is huge yep he um but, but, but on a international level it's probably you know down <coughs> yeah but and then also you may know he to say that um some of the guys he was competing against though only had two 300 horsepower really and the actual problem was he had this monster car was that you have to try and stay close to them without just running them off the road. Yep, yep. So um, he got through the top eight. Unfortunately, was knocked out by a local Irish drifter in the top eight. But he was happy he made the top eight after staying all that time. He said the Irish crowds are just awesome. And a lot of the guys over in Ireland know who he is. Apparently, they cheer, they carry on, they shout his name. All the merchandise they took over, they sold out of. Um, after the first event which is part of the reason they sort of stayed so yeah good weekend had by all not what they intended but they still you know made a bit of a notice for themselves and um, they plan on going back next year hopefully but for now the car's parked up still running still in one piece and uh, they'll wait and see what's next so uh, Mitch has made a note here he's got many people to thank but there was a couple of families um specifically that sort of helped him out with cars parts beds driving him to and from the track which was the shanahan family the mckeever family and the bradley family some of those people he's in competition with yeah um and also i said there was some uh multiple sponsors i'm um, including yeah my performance yaram motorsport busy media lux performance ten distribution mega spec and the big one of course, thanks to his dad. I mean, he's it's Mitch and his dad. It is, yeah. Yeah, so, WA performance. Yeah. But then also thanks to mum. You know, she stays behind. She keeps Facebook going, etc., etc. She keeps the business going. Yeah, she keeps the business going. Um, so thanks to WA performance. Thanks to Thunder Motorsport. And um, he's also given me a big travel tally here of how much travelling was involved. However, we're going to endeavour to get Mitch back in the studio shortly or we're going to catch up with him out in the streets, so to speak. Hmm. I'm going to let him do this no, Not literally on the street. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm going to let him cover this bit off because... I'm sort of two-bit production. Do you think this is... Yeah. You know what I meant. Come on. No. At, when you say it... At the workshop. <laughs> How's that sound? On the streets. <laughs> at a wharf. <laughs> <laughs> at a wharf near you. Cast at a wharf. Free man a wharf. Get up. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Are you allowed to record sound there? 
Well, I don't know. I don't have thought so. We're not a video there. Sorry, we're taken away from. Sorry. No, that's My right. apologies. So, yeah, but basically the travel times alone, like travelling from Perth to Dubai, back to, du- to Dublin, then having to jump in a van, tow a car behind it, three to four hours. Yeah, I said, I'll let Mitch cover it when you speak to him because I got a headache. I'm pretty sure it takes longer than three to four hours to fly from here to Dubai. No, I said, but they get out of the plane and then they have to tow a car three to four hours, all right? So, anyway, look, take in. Three hours just to get to Kananara from Perth. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. Three hours. In a plane. Oh, in a plane. Kalanara. I was going to say... <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. You can see what I'm putting up with right now. I appreciate the fact you you messaged me and you're sitting in an airport. We do appreciate that, by the way. Sitting mm. in an airport, Dubai, with this massive recap you've given me. Um, what I'm going to endeavour to do, and I'm going to check with Mitch before I do it, I will chuck a lot of this up online and have a bit of an article if you really, really want to read it, because it's a great read. Um, Mitch, you're actually a great wordsmith as well, so if drifting ever doesn't quite work out for you. <laughs> you, could write yeah, you can replace Tolly. No, I was waiting for that. I let into that. You walked straight. Right. I opened that one right up, didn't I? a couple of occasions where you've walked into that one yeah. tonight. This so, evening. look, again, thanks, Mitch. Well done. I mean, you made the best out of a bad situation, and at least, yeah. Well, it sounds like you finished on a bit of a high. Yeah, anyway. you finished on the high. Um, I did see a lot of it on Instagram. Um, again, Mitch posts a lot on Instagram, and he's awesome to follow on Instagram. And some of the photos that he gets up on Instagram are just out of this world um, let's see what he can do next I'm actually all for him you should get behind this young guy I think Nick said it in the past yeah definitely he's yeah. he's going to go places he just needs to get the right ride does yeah, that make sense that's right yeah. so, the right people behind yeah. not mm. that he hasn't got the right people behind him but people with um, far reaching uh, funding so alright guys look we'll bring this podcast to a close we've gone a little bit over time so my apologies um, but yeah, you can catch us on Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, or go to our website. You can get the podcast from there. Or co- you can also go to 88.5 FM every Saturday morning. We're on from 8.30 to 10 o'clock. Uh, so make sure you tune in there and you can catch us there. And um, also streaming if you're in a dead spot in the Swan Valley. What the hell are you two doing? <laughs> Oh, We're packing up. <laughs> if you're in a dead spot in the Swan Valley, you can also tune in on. You can get their streaming service. So if you don't have, if you can't get 88.5 on the radio, you can get it through their streaming service. Go to their website, and their website's about to be all refurbished as well. We've got some yeah. lovely pictures. How's our antenna going? Uh, I think they're. Uh, I'm not sure. To be honest, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to ask Rob. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for coming in. Um, Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. That's right. Thanks for having us, Nick. No, thank thank you. Take (laughs) care. See you on the street. Talking Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkingpower.com.au.